1: Testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code Jesse. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. What does history matter? We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about the COVID lab leak. We're going to talk a little bit more a little bit more about national divorce. That's always spicy. And how does the media actually work? All that's coming up on I'm Right. <music> COVID came from a lab. That's That's the big news today. Obviously, you've seen it everywhere. It's all over the news. It's on every website you saw on your phone. Probably on the radio shows you listen to, COVID came from a lab. Okay, well, here's the thing I was thinking about as I was driving to the studio tonight. What do you want me to say about that? What's there to say about that? We know. We've known for the longest time. We knew COVID came from a lab. Everyone knew COVID came from a lab. It was very, very obvious early on. So now, after lying to us and destroying and ending who knows how many lives, the system is now slowly leaking out the truth that you have known for years, that I have known for years, that we've talked about. Are we supposed to act like it's breaking news every time they finally admit it? every time they finally do one more little thing to try to give themselves that soft landing so people don't hate them too much? What do you want me to say? You already knew. I knew. So I was thinking about that, and this is what I came up with. What do you want me to say? I don't know what you want me to say, but here's what I'm going to say. We have to change our mindset. And that's very, very difficult. And what I'm about to say is not pleasant, and it's nothing I celebrate, but it is something that I need to do more of and you need to do more of. We need to automatically, automatically assume everything they tell you is a lie. Now, I'm not saying, and hear me out here, I'm not saying you should be bitter and angry. That's not what we want to be. We want to be the happy warriors fighting these communists for years to come. But what I am saying is this, through no fault of your own, you now live in a country where every single cultural institution is invested in destroying your way of life. All the leadership of these institutions, not most of the people, by the way, about half the country agrees with you, but the institutions all hate you. They all wake up every day with the intent to destroy everything you care about and enrich themselves. I don't love that. You don't love that. We're not celebrating. woo But that's the way it is. Because of that, we need to assume everything we're told is a lie. That means when you sit down at night, long day, maybe you're not watching I'm Right right here on the first TV. Maybe uh, your wife, your husband, maybe you walk in the door, they got uh, CBS News on. You need to, and this is an adjustment, you need to assume Everything they're saying is an outright lie. And I need to clarify this because here's what you're probably saying right now. You're probably saying, Jesse, I already knew that. I knew they were biased. No, nope. Pause. That's not it. If that's what you're saying, you're losing and you don't get it. They're not biased. They're not skewing the truth. They're not shading things. They're not leaning another way. It's not the liberal media. They are the enemy telling you black and white lies at all times for the purpose of destroying you and what you care about. And that is a hard thing to get to. I struggle with it too. You probably struggle with it too. Understanding that everything you're told is a lie. Okay, it's a lab leak. We knew it was a lab leak. I knew it was a lab leak. Who said it wasn't? Oh, I don't know. The guy who was handed the keys to the United States of America.
2: We still open up and keep always an open mind as to whether or not this had to do with a virus that was isolated out in the environment and that came into a lab and then had what most people referred to as a lab leak. I believe that is less likely that that's the case, but I also believe we need to keep an open mind and have all possibilities be investigated. But the evidence from the virology community points strongly towards a natural occurrence.
1: He knew that was a lie when he said it. Now, the question is, did you, when you watched him say that, did you automatically say, oh man, he just said it doesn't look like it's a lab leak, that must mean it's a lab leak. That's a tough place to get to, isn't it? And For a bunch of different reasons. One, you don't want to become some hardened cynic. Two, if you have to admit that, If you have to acknowledge that they're lying all the time, then that means you also have to take the step to admit where we are as a nation. Not in a good place. (laughs) To put it mildly, not in a good place. So, okay, everything they tell you is a lie. I just, I wanted to address that right off the bat. Now let's get to the other stuff, which is actually what I wanted to talk to you about briefly tonight. So we haven't had one of these talks in a while, and I feel like it's important. History. Does your history matter? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, pause on, pause on any history talk. I want to talk to you about your home. Because this is going to be the same thing. Just stay with me here. Stay with me. Let's talk about your home. What makes it a home to you? Your apartment where you live, your house where you live, condo, where, wherever you're living right now, what makes it a home to you? The memories you make inside of it, right? That's part of why it's a home. When you look at the fireplace, what do you see? you see a fireplace? Of course you don't. You see where your wife sits to get warm and reads a book in the wintertime. When you look at this corner over here, what do you see? You see where you set up the Christmas tree and have been setting up the Christmas tree for years. I remember when the kids, he opened up his first bike there. I remember that. Not just the good, by the way. Not just the wonderful memories. The bad memories are part of what makes it a home. Oh, that... That kitchen counter spot, that corner of it, ah! I stub my toe on it every time. That friggin' fridge, the ice maker makes noise. The the good, the bad, oh no, structural cracks in the wall, the good, the bad, all of it is part of what makes it your home. It makes it a home to you, the memories it creates, good ones and bad ones. Now, if I wanted to burn down your home, your apartment. Would you let me? As it stands right now. If I showed up tonight at your house, knock on the door, gas matches. Hey, mind if I burn down your home? You would say no. Maybe call the cops. Maybe you would shoot me. But you wouldn't let me, would you? Why? You're attached to it. The memories, good and bad ones, moor you to your home. They give you roots into your home. The the pictures on the wall, it's moored there. So... I'm a bad person, and I really want to burn it down. And you won't let me burn it down. What do I need to do? I need to unmoor you. I need to detach you from that home. I need to get the pictures off the wall. I need to do something to erase the memories you've had in that home. I need to take away the personal connection you have to it, because if I could do that, If I could go in and just remove everything and and clear it all out and then put you back in in that empty show of a home and then I asked you, hey, you mind if I burn this down? You might be all, you know what? Yeah, I don't really like it here anyway. I bring this up because we talk about the assault on America's history, the constant assault on America's history by the communists, but the right has such a difficult time articulating why. You can't just say no when they want to do this. You must double and triple down. If I asked you right now, be honest with yourself, you don't have to be honest with me, if I asked you right now, a statue of Robert E. Lee, Confederate leader, should it be torn down? Would you say no? Would you say no, we should build 10 more of them? That's the right answer, by the way, if they asked to burn it down. Or would you say this? Would you do this? Well, I mean, I guess maybe... He was a Confederate. They wanted to enslave black people. I don't, I don't want to be called a racist. Okay just, okay, just Robert E. Lee, though. Yeah, you can take that one down, but just Robert E. Lee, guys. Nothing else. Because that's the response from the right every time. And that's why the communists, when they come for you and your country, that's why they begin with the easy marks, because they know it'll be difficult for you to say no. That's why they start with Robert E. Lee, and before you know it, they're removing statues of Teddy Roosevelt from New York City. The communist doesn't care about the Confederacy, the Civil War, racism, he doesn't care about any of those things. What he cares about very, very, very deeply is unmooring you from your country. The memories, the good ones, the bad ones, the flaws, the beauty, he wants to burn it all down. And if you allow him that, he will unless you understand his motivations, then you will allow him that because you want to be thought of as nice and a good person. And the thing is you can't ever strive to be thought of as a good person by a communist because he's a terrible person. I bring this up because there's all kinds of controversy out there now. They're rewriting the James Bond books. They're rewriting uh, Willy Wonka. You can't even call the fat kid and Willy Wonka fat anymore. I say this now because, well, they're trying to call... This is a school board member, by the way. They're trying to call the Battle of Iwo Jima evil.
2: Just a few days ago was Japanese Day of Remembrance. Something for us to certainly reflect on as we learn our history and and, and think about it. Uh, The days when, you know, Iwo Jima uh, unfortunately happened and and set a record for really what... uh, hate to say human evil is capable of and so that's something just to remember
1: but why how can they be so bold now that's quite a thing you would have never heard anybody in this country say that even five years ago so why would they say that now well i'm going to show you why they said it now I'm going to show you exactly why they're now changing the name of Fort Bragg, named after General Braxton Bragg. They're changing it to Fort Liberty. Why is all this happening? Why are they so bold? Why is Teddy Roosevelt being removed? Why is Christopher Columbus coming down? You want to know why? Well, there are many, many culprits, but this is just a perfect example of it. May I present to you Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma.
0: We are also seeing now um, efforts to rename military bases across the country. The Senate Senate Armed Service Committee
2: voted on that. Uh, This week we've seen leading voices like General David Petraeus saying it's time to stop having uh, military bases named after Confederate generals like Braxton Bragg. Is it time?
0: I do, actually. I think the right way to be able to do this is to be able to have a study, to be able to look at where the name come from, what what do we need to have, to be able to take a serious look at it, and then to be able to transition. There are lots of great leaders, military leaders that are around the country that are modern leaders uh, that we can continue to be able to honor.
1: You see, the communist knows low T when it sees low T. They go find these weak people on the right, and they tell them, hey, it's just the Confederacy. Hey it's, just, hey, it's just that one little spot in the corner where you stub your toe. Just let me come in your home. I'm not, I won't touch anything else. Just let me get rid of that one little corner. You don't like that corner anyway. Let me, let me get rid of it. For, I promise, won't touch a thing. Before you know it, the pictures of Grandpa are coming down off the wall. We must understand that when we discuss things like statues, writings, Rewriting plays, books, remaking movies. We're talking about people who have the intention of burning everything you love to ash. So the answer isn't just no when they want to do these things. The next time a communist says, I want to tear down this statue of Robert E. Lee, the answer is building 10 more surrounding it and telling him, I'll do this every time you try to remove my history. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, someone's fighting the culture war, and he's going to join us in a moment. Now, maybe you're sitting there thinking, oh, gosh, that sounds bad. Gives me, gives me anxiety. And that, you know what? Let's talk about anxiety for a moment. Did you know that I have the only dog in America who has it? For some reason, everyone else has a normal dog. But my dog is a wreck. His name's Fred. He's just a mess. He's, a, he's an emotional wreck. We just left town for a few days. We came back. He hasn't eaten, he just lays in a corner because we left for a few days. This dog has a sensitive stomach. I know you're gonna find that shocking. He used to vomit up every single meal. Rough greens is the only reason he doesn't now. We found out about rough greens, all natural, digestive enzymes, vitamins, minerals. I don't know what miracle stuff they're putting in this, but it's actual nutrition for your dog. He doesn't get any from his dog food, did you know that? We pour some on Fred's breakfast every morning. It's just a supplement. It's not dog food. You just pour it right on his dog food. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. That'll get you a free jumpstart trial bag. Go try it for your puppy. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. Free jumpstart trial bag. All you pay for is shipping. We'll be back. I'm sixth
2: grader. I was in the library, and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my t-shirt, laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. Now, this book was at my middle school, and it was on a stand. When I rented it out to show my dad it, uh, the librarian asked if
1: I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version. I need to vomit for a minute before I bring in Trent. All right, all right, I'm good now. Joining me now, Trent Talbot, CEO of Brave Books. I love Brave Books, man. Actually, out there promoting our values. Okay, Trent, man, I, I'm only 41, brother, and. This stuff makes me feel so old. It makes me feel angry and afraid for my children, but so old. When did all this craziness come for our kids?
3: Yeah, I I don't know. Um, so I was, you know, up until three years ago, I was just sort of living my life as an ophthalmologist. I never saw anything like this. It wasn't until I had my first daughter, Charlotte, in the summer of 2020, where I realized, like, what's going on? Like, and, and it drove me crazy. And, and um, so I don't, I, I don't know the answer to that. I just know that it's, it's insane, it's disturbing, and, and it should make you sick to your stomach.
1: Trent, I think a lot of people on the right or traditionalists or whatever, whatever word you want to put on it, I, I do believe that because they are decent people, that they are under the impression we're dealing with somebody who's eventually going to stop. This is one of those things I try to get into their heads over and over again. These people are not going to stop. They're not done. This isn't the final form by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to get worse. They don't stop unless they're stopped.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, You know, I I, I don't like to think about where it could go if it keeps going and and we we don't put a stop to it. But... um, You know it if you if you do sit down and think about where it goes next it gets really terrifying with you know things like uh, minor attracted people and stuff like that Um, I I mean there. I don't know if this is sort of a calculated planned agenda or if this is just wokeism gone crazy and, and the virus is just spreading on its own but it seems like there's an agenda to sexualize confuse demoralize our kids And um, yeah, it's messed up.
1: How'd you start Brave Books?
3: Uh, Never in my wildest imagination would I thought I would have done something like this. I was a practicing ophthalmologist, just happy hanging out in Houston. Um, But I had my first daughter. Well, I was saved four years ago and then married quickly after that. had... My first child, Charlotte, and was sitting there holding her in my arms, scrolling through Twitter. And I saw the trailer for the film Cuties, and it was sexualizing like ten to twelve year old girls, and I just couldn't get out of my head that you know Charlotte's going to be that age before I know it, and it just stuck with me. I couldn't get out of my head, and, and eventually had this idea for Brave Books, Freedom Island, a book a month type deal, and and just decided decided to go for it. You, you know, you only live once, and. I, I, it, I, it was just something in my heart that I couldn't turn off, I guess.
1: Trent, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry. Before we get to Steve Hour, let's get to this really quickly. Our veterans, I'm, I'm going to be real careful about this here. I'm not accusing anybody, myself either, of forgetting about them but they are sometimes not just easy to forget about. Sometimes we want to. Why? It's hard. It's hard to accept that we have all these brave young men and women who, who went over and they put it all on the line and they lost a significant part of themselves. Maybe it's mental. Oftentimes it's mental, physical, whatever the case may be, but they gave a part of themselves and they, they're struggling now. And when they come back and they struggle, it taints our image sometimes of veterans. Why is he a drunk? Why is he angry? Why is he violent? All the cops are over there again. What? We don't like to sit and think about the fact that we as a society are failing these people. Now, I'm not blaming you. Our society as a whole has to do better. I love Boulder Crest because they're out there grabbing these guys and they're bringing them back doing the work to bring them back. They need your help. They need my help. Donate, volunteer, but they need help with their mission, which is a good mission. Operation Struggle is what it's called. Go to bouldercrest.org and get involved in Operation Struggle. Donate. Give it, Look, they need help to provide this free of charge to these veterans. bouldercrest.org. We'll be back.
2: This question about the Wuhan lab, we know that it's been debunked.
1: Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most
0: favorite conspiracy theories.
3: And there is simply no reason to believe that 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 is the case. There is
0: no empirical evidence to verify that. Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and foment xenophobia um, with respect to um, the Chinese has just as much factual
3: support as taking Clorox.
1: There's your media. Joining me now, Steve Krakauer, author of the book Uncovered, which you should really read if you want to understand exactly why and how the media manipulates the things you see. Actually, Steve, I want to begin there. Obviously, everyone's talking about the Wall Street Journal, COVID lab leak. Everyone's talking about this. But Steve, honestly, What's surprising about it? You knew the truth, I knew the truth, everyone watching this knew the truth. This is just yet another example of the truth not being
0: skewed, being flat out hidden by the people who are supposed to bring you and I the news. Absolutely. And, and I think what's, the, what's so interesting about those clips is it's not just that they were saying, oh, no, this definitely originated in nature. That's, that's what, what our reporting is saying, which would be untrue, uh, or at, at the very least, an alternate explanation here. No, it was that the idea that even listening or even talking about the lab leak theory as an option, as a possibility, was deemed too toxic. That was, that was the information that you were not allowed to see. You were literally censored on social media. Uh, in my book, I, I talked to Josh Rogan of the Washington Post, a great reporter uh, who happens to be one of the few in the corporate press these days, who wrote a, a report in April or May of 2020 about the lab leak theory as a real possibility, and that was taken down by Facebook. And only because Josh Rogan has a contact at Facebook, he was able to get it re-put on, and then it was bl- blocked again, and then it was put back on. And it got him thinking, hey, I know these people. I'm a member of the press. I can actually get this uh, corrected. What can the average person do when they can't have these sorts of conversations? That's what's so concerning about it, because it's not just the media getting this wrong. It's treating it as if it's too toxic for the average American to even consume, to even think about, to even be curious about. That's a real problem, because the press should be curious. Why aren't they,
1: Steve? Now, honestly, I'm not a journalist. I don't pretend to be a journalist, but why aren't they? They're not curious at all anymore. It's, on, it's borderline creepy how they only work for the system. They work for the corrupt system. They say what the corrupt system wants, it, wants them to say whenever the corrupt system wants them to say it. Now, I know the media, there are a million stories from 200 years ago, 500 years ago about the media being crappy, but they're much more than that now.
0: Yeah, I, I think the incentive structure has really made all of this so much worse. Because yes, there there are you know you have people that are curious that are within the media. I mean, a few of them talked to me for the book, and I, and I thank them because everyone I talked to for the book is on the record. No anonymous sources there, and so it actually took some balls for them to actually go and talk to me and put their name to what they're saying, being critical of their own colleagues. But there, it's so few now in the press that are willing to do that because for a lot of reasons. One, Twitter. They spend all their time on Twitter and getting yelled at by 50 people on Twitter can feel like a really horrible thing happening. It's, it makes you not want to even go down that path. I, I talked to Sharon Waxman, of the, who owns The rap, a media outlet, who says that she's seen her own reporters move away from a story or not cover a story at all because of the chilling effect that Twitter has on the idea of putting something out there. I mean, this is just objective reporting. We saw people like, a, like the James Bennett at the New York Times, the opinion editor, get essentially pushed out by his own colleagues because he dared to publish a column in 2020 by a United States Senator, Tom Cotton. I mean, just absolute insanity. And so, yeah, in order to keep their jobs, in some cases, it's incompetence. In some cases, it's total spin and an addiction to Trump or an addiction to just going along with the consensus. We don't get that sort of curiosity, by and large, in the corporate press. And thankfully, we don't need it. Because the corporate press is no longer the powerful force that it once was. We have so many alternatives now. And that's why the book is so important, because it's about getting all of us on the same page, all open-minded people, to know that you have alternatives. There are other ways of doing it. Let's get to the truth, and let's go from there.
1: Steve, are people waking up to that? Are are they waking up to the fact that they have options? And I know this this process is slow, but a lot of people have grown up in a traditional America where you get home from work. They're not politicos like you or me. They get home from work, kids, dinner, whatever. You sit down, let's turn on uh, ABC News for 10 minutes and, and at least get the headlines of the day are people waking up to the fact there's no truth there, there's no nothing there, take 15 minutes and go searching for the truth on your own. Are they waking up and are they waking
0: up fast enough? I think we're, I think we're really starting to see that. You know, poll after poll. I mean, there was a Gallup poll just last week all-time lows in trust in the corporate press by the American people, and I don't take great pride in seeing that. I don't I don't applaud that, but it's with good reason. I mean, they, they deservedly have lost so much trust, and so I do think people are waking up. I also think the way just general consumer habits have changed, the idea that if you want to watch your entertainment, you don't necessarily go and sit down and, and turn on the, the TV. You might be used to the streaming platform. In that same way, it's opened the eyes of so many people to know that it's not just one way, and that's the only way you have to, to do it there. You don't have to rely on places like the New York Times or ABC News or CBS to get you the quote give you the quote news. And because of that, you're seeing the kinds of people that treat you with respect. I mean that that's really at the core of this. The media is not trusted by the public because the media doesn't trust the public. And so the public is turning to places that give you the truth, that give you just Information. Now, you do with it what you will because we trust that you'll be okay to do it yourself. And that's why I lay out all these stories over the last five to seven years from what happened with Trump, from what happened with COVID, and, and Jeffrey Epstein and beyond. Because in every one of these cases, it's the media looking at the public and saying, we can't give you this truth. You don't know how to handle it. And all I'm saying is, let's get to the truth of what actually happened with these so we can move beyond the corporate press because we don't need them.
1: Very f- fascinated to hear your answer on this one because you had Brian Stelter the famed Brian Stelter on your podcast and well here's here's a little clip I think newsrooms just looked around and said we
2: don't have the laptop we don't have evidence we don't have evidence it's real and we know that there are reasons to wonder if it's disinformation. Like a lot of the lies that happen now about what happened in 2020, go like this: They say all these, they all call it a disinformation. That's not true. A lot of us just wondered. We said out loud, "Could this be?" Right. We said we said things like, "Some former U.S. officials think it might be," and it was always
1: cushioned and co- It was not always. It was often um, cushioned that way. And now, in
2: retrospect, two years later, three years later, people like partisans like to pretend that it was labeled disinformation, which it wasn't.
1: Steve, why are you pretending these people called it Russian disinformation? (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Well, right after that, I pressed him on this. I mean, the fact that they highlighted the letter from James Clapper and many others in the intel agency who, to this day, defend that letter as all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And they put that out there. And OK, so you're saying you're just saying that's one theory. It's Russian disinformation. Well, what about the other theory? Why not talk about the New York Post story? I mean, the entire media apparatus clamped down and refused to even treat the New York Post story as if it was a, a, a something to be discussed, let alone legitimate, as we now know, completely legitimate. I mean, it's, it's the most, one of the most embarrassing episodes. In fact, that question was in, in response to Brian asking me, what's the one thing that we got the, the most wrong over the last few years? And I believe it was the Hunter Biden laptop story in October 2020. So I think that Brian was, was making a defense of the media that did not hold up, I think anyone can see that. But I will say this, Brian's someone I've known for 15 years, Uh, I am often critical of Brian when he was back when he was the media host at CNN uh, and I would be critical of lots of people and many of them would block me on Twitter and refuse to engage with me offline. Brian was not one of those people and and I'm glad I think that we need a dialogue with people who disagree in this country, which is why I was glad Brian did it. We disagreed very strongly. Uh, Everything is fundamental as whether Trump was an existential threat, which I think is completely ridiculous, but I'm glad he did it because we need these sorts of conversations out in the open. We need to call them out and we need people that are willing to listen and engage to get back to a place of at least some level of trust between people who have strong disagreements.
1: Steve, the book is uncovered. It's outstanding. I encourage people to go get it. Thank you, brother.
0: Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it.
1: All right.
0: I'm ask Cernovich about
1: that. He knows a lot about that stuff. i going to ask him about that next. i ask him a little bit about national divorce. That's always spicy. Let me tell you something first, though. We talk a lot about putting our money where our morals are. This is something that I've tried to make a priority in my life. I am not going to sit here and tell you lies. I'm not perfect. The corporate world has been taken over by people who despise us, and there are many, 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 many cases where you don't have an option but to pay somebody for a product or service who does not share your values. I know. I'm not perfect. I don't want to act like I am. But man, there are some ways where we've been given a gift. We're trying to create this parallel economy of people who share our values and shouldn't we embrace that? Where do you get your coffee? You know what bone frog coffee is? You know what the bone frog is? It's a symbol for the fallen seals, the seals who gave it all. Bone frog coffee, that's them. Started by seals, run by seals in honor of those who gave it all. And they're our people, anti-communists like us. And it's the best coffee I've ever had in my life. Go to bonefrog.com, bonefrogcoffee.com, promo code JESSE10. That gets you 10% off. Bonefrogcoffee.com, code JESSE10. The best coffee you've ever had and you actually get to feel good about buying coffee? We'll be back.
3: congresswoman marjorie taylor greene this week she repeatedly called for a national
0: divorce there is no national divorce on the horizon right now i believe that
2: the best pushback is a national renewal not a national divorce the last time southerners like marge proposed a national divorce it was because they were holding four million african-americans hostage as slaves and they didn't want to let them go
1: everyone's talking about this national divorce stuff which i love why do I love it? Because it's spicy. Brings out emotions in people. I don't mind where people fall on the issue, but it's it's not, a, it's not a topic that's going away. Everyone knows my thoughts on it. The more we get divided as a nation, the more this is going to be brought up. People who hate each other shouldn't be living together, and it creates emotions in people one way or the other, and therefore, I love it. Joining me now, my buddy Mike Cernovich, creator of Hoaxed, which, by the way, you want to talk about something that is aged really well, you really need to go watch Hoaxed. It, because we talk all the time about the narrative, how they construct this false narrative for you. Do you want to hear how they do it? Great example. Go watch that. All right, Mike. National Divorce. Everyone's talking about it all of a sudden right away. First of all, why is everyone talking about it, Mike? Why does this subject seem to
2: keep coming up more and more now? I think the real reason is because Democrats are invading... Republican strongholds, that's what prompted this. If you notice, when this conversation started really getting heated was when Democrats destroyed their own states and then they fled to Republican states. So, for example, you can go to Montana, Wyoming, the Dakotas, Idaho, and you'll see bumper stickers, keep your California in California. So with we, we have a problem here where Democrats are saying that how dare Republicans want a national divorce. But hold on a second. Hold on a second. 500,000 people left New York. 500,000 people at least left California. There's a real problem going on where Democrats are having a divorce from other Democrats. They're fleeing like refugees into new countries. And these red countries are saying, well, we'll welcome you. We welcome the refugee. But then you realize, wait a minute, these are bad actors because they're trying to vote in the policies that they fled. That's the problem here. Look what's happening in the Carolinas. Look what's happening anywhere. It was red, bro. It was red. They're invading. The Democrats are invading peace-loving Republican safe areas and trying to destroy them. Unconsciously or consciously, we don't really know. And that's why people are having this conversation. But this conversation would not have been happening if Democrats had stayed in the states that they destroyed, right? They wouldn't have any problem. because. I'll give you an example. I live in California. How often, Jesse, I'm not saying you read my Twitter that closely, but how often do I complain about California? Not much. I live here. I live here. I'm not, I'm, it's not perfect. I don't have any delusions that we're going to elect a Republican governor. Every time I have an event, I have to be the buzzkill because people go, well, when are we taking back California? And I say, well, you're, I mean, never. You want to keep those Republican seats because Congress <laughs> is so close, but we're just, we're, we're not. We live here. So you don't hear me complaining all that much because, of course, I, I could just leave. And what's happening, though, is people are leaving. The blue people are leaving, going to the red states, and then saying, oh, God, we got to reform these backwoods hillbillies, right? Mike, can you
1: explain? I find that so fascinating because it's so true. Explain that mentality for me because, look, I, I understand. Look, I'm human like everyone else. I'm the last person I want to blame for my problems, of course. That's just human nature, but it— if I'm a Democrat and I go to the polls my whole life and Democrat, and Democrat and Democrat and Democrat and Democrat and one day I look around me and they've managed to tear up a paradise like California, which, gosh, it is freaking paradise. And I've, it was so bad that I felt I had to move. How could I? They don't ever look in the mirror. Nobody goes to the mirror and says, man, may,
2: maybe I've been voting the wrong way. That never happens. My brother, here's what I've learned from my life doing mindset work life working on myself, trying to become a better person, change is hard. And most people don't even want to accept that they need to change. So there's a line from a hippy-dippy guy, Terence McKenna, who's very, very woo-woo, and he said, culture is your operating system. And I think about that a lot. You want to think about that in terms of mindset, because you think, well, wait a minute, why do I have beliefs that are holding me back? And then you want to unwind and unravel those beliefs that are holding you back. But if you look at it culture-wide, when people move to America, they've been implanted and programmed with the culture. The same thing as people who lived in these Democrat areas, they've been indoctrinated and they have a culture and that's who they're gonna be. They're like robots at that point. We're all in, we're all in a way we've been programmed by society or other forces and we're often not conscious of that. And then the mindset work, the inner work is saying, wait a minute, that d- it doesn't make sense that I, like, you know, you talk about this a lot with all this fall Christianity. You're just like, it doesn't make sense that somebody who would crucify Jesus is telling me as a Christian how I need to live. This is just moronic. But other people who've been indoctrinated in these fake churches, they don't even understand that. They can't even make that realization because the programming is so strong that they've never unraveled it or examined it. So Democrats don't say, you know what? I voted for all this bad policies. This is a problem I'm gonna leave. I can tell you, brother, this happens with my in-laws. Good people, we have a good relationship. Occasionally I never talk politics in real life and occasionally people poke the bear and when you poke the bear I just say you live you vote for Democrats but you live in Republican areas you don't want to go to Los Angeles you don't want to be around there everything you vote for is Republican no and then of course they have a a litany of excuses they never say you know what that's a great point you're right maybe maybe we should be voting Republican and then of course where Republicans go wrong is Republicans have conversations with people who say, who talk like my in laws, and they go, Oh, yeah. I mean, if we just change one thing. Cernos in laws are going to vote for Nikki Haley. They will never vote for you. They will never. I think that's another problem that has infected the right and the concern. They're never going to vote for us. I like. Eric Weinstein a lot. He is never going to vote for you. Do not take political advice for these people. You can break bread with them. You can talk to them. You can try to find areas of mutual interest. The Weinstein brothers, they're never going to vote for a Republican. Joe Rogan is never going to admit that he's going to vote for a Republican. he He's never going to. do not. So we have our people now going, oh, Woody Harrelson said something three years after everybody else was. Woo, let's, let's elevate him now. How can... He's not going to vote for you. Who gives a crap? Who cares? Even our own people, right? Our own red tribe. These people have that programming too where they think, oh, we just got to make one more point. We'll we'll do the platinum plan and then we're going to win this vote. You're not. We've tried it all. You're not not going to. You're you're actually going to win the vote by running on issues that get your voters to turn out. And as obvious as that seems, it's not something that people want to do.
1: Gosh, it's so true. Mike, thank you, my brother. Come back soon. My pleasure. It's so true. It is so painfully true about the left and the right. right. Now, here's something else that's true. I know that you've been seeing over and over and over again these headlines, especially in the past week, about how they don't think there's going to be a soft landing for the economy. There's not going to be a soft landing. I don't think we can manage a soft landing. They're all saying the same word now. Soft landing, soft landing. What does that mean? It means we're going to have a a recession and probably a very severe one. That's what they're saying. The soft landing they're talking about is they know we have to jack interest rates up to avoid hyperinflation. They were trying to jack interest rates up just enough to avoid hyperinflation, but not so much that it causes a recession. Because remember, if you keep jacking interest rates up, if you keep making money more expensive, you're going to have a recession. It's inevitable. You will intentionally cause a recession. They're now admitting to you. It's not me. I don't don't even want you to take my word for it. They're telling you, "We're, we're having a recession. We are going to have a recession. A deep one. Please tell me you've called Oxford gold. Your IRA, your 401k. You busted your butt for it your whole life. Do you have gold in there as a portfolio protection plan? Because Oxford Gold will weave it into your 401k and IRA to make sure that no matter what happens with the failed soft landing, you're okay. Can you do that? Have you done that? Please make one phone call for me. The phone call is free. You may even be eligible for some goodies, for some extra bonuses. Ask them about that. Tell them I told you to call 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD. Call them today, all right? Before it comes, we'll be back. You know who I miss? I can't, look, you're going to get mad. I don't even even want to tell you. You're going to get mad. Don't throw the remote at your TV, okay? I miss Nancy Pelosi. Now, let me explain. Let me explain. I understand that you need a good villain. You need a good villain. What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite book? You know what they both have in common? There was a villain in there you hated. Everyone loves the movie Gladiator, of course, right? Russell Crowe. Woo, it's awesome, Rome! But what what made that movie really great? You hated Commodus. Had a great villain. Die Hard. Was Bruce Willis the best part of Die Hard? Oh, he was great. Don't get me wrong. It was the villain that made it. Grandma Vodka, Nancy Pelosi, was such a great villain for so long that whenever she pops back up in the news, because she's not on the news much anymore, not Speaker of the House anymore. Whenever she pops back up in the news, I have to bring it to you because I miss, I miss hating her. Does that make any sense at all? Before we get to Grandma Vodka, let's get to your testosterone levels. Let's get to your basic health. I have made it a priority of mine. You know how bad I eat. Like you, you know all, you know all of it. I've made it a priority of mine to have twenty twenty three be a healthier year for me than I've ever had before. I know that's lame, That's kind of, isn't that kinda of New Year's resolution-ish? But I am, and I've been working out more, I've been drinking more water, I take a male vitality stack from chalk every single day. Ladies, there's a female vitality stack. There's the lit powder packed full of vitamins and minerals, poured in a smoothie or something in the morning. Whatever, Whatever is bothering you, you got issues, Go to Chalk.com and look at their natural herbal supplements. No more Pfizer filth. Natural herbal supplements. Getting us all better, more ready for whatever's to come. And 35% off. 35% off when you get a subscription. Get a subscription. Cancel it anytime. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. All right? chuck.com promo code jesse now grandma vodka got confronted when she was having a morning tea I'd love to smell that tea and uh, here's how it went
2: let me just get you Nancy, you ahead. tell us
3: why we have all the hundred fifty billion dollars going to Ukraine? And we have homeless on the streets in Thank your own you. city. <laughs> you. Nancy, can I Thank get you. some stock Thank trading you. tips
1: on
0: how to get semiconductors in Taiwan? Nancy, Nancy, why do we? Thank is your son involved with Hunter Biden?
1: The stock tips in Taiwan murdered me. <laughs>